Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this edition of The Professor Travel. I am The Professor Travel, coming to you again from Orange County, California. Um, here at Professor Travel, we talk about travel. We try to learn more. We try to discuss more as a community. Uh, we try to travel to different locations and enjoy them as a team in order to come back and really work with each other to find what we liked about them. Um, you can always reach me on my website at theprofessortravel.com. You can also reach me through both uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook at theprofessortravel.com. Uh, I can be reached on Twitter at uh, theprofessortr1 and also at uh, blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, we have a really special guest with us. Um, our visiting professor today, students, is Sean Anderson. Uh, Sean, do you want to say hello to our students? Hello, students. Welcome to class. <laughs> now, Sean and I have known each other for a few years now. Sean, um, can you go over your credentials with the students so that way they know a little bit about a little bit about your educational background as well as the different types of travel that you've done? Certainly. I guess we could start with my educational background. Um, I received my Bachelor of Arts in Japanese over at ASU. That should give you an idea of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, and I also then received my Master's of Business and Administration at the University of Phoenix. Um, I also had a stint over in Japan at Hiroshima University for a year, learning about the culture and language. And that's, that's it on the educational side. Um, what else? I am really interested in the Japanese language and the culture and creativity and, and things like that. Yeah, you've been pretty much my go-to person for Japan for many years now. You, you've you've gone there like a number of times. I mean, like recently you went, was this your 10th time going there now? It, it's, I've been there at least 10 times and, and I'm not necessarily your go-to person. I will seek you out and just start talking about it. That's how. That's how much I'm into Japan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with the students here today. Um, so tell me, let, let's kind of look at it from a perspective of maybe I'm a first time person going to Japan and I've never been there before, but I also want to know about your recent trip too. So as we go along through this interview, uh, perhaps you can enlighten us with some things that maybe we should know about, um, some things that might be a little bit of a culture shock and um, maybe some things uh, that were maybe a culture shock to you the first time you went there and, and experienced it, even though we're still going to be talking about your most recent trip. Does that make sense? It does. And, and some things are coming to mind, as you mentioned, culture shock. So I, I look forward to get to that part. Perfect. So let me, let's go back and let, let's go back to this year. Um, so you recently went to Japan. When was that? That was at the end of May. Um, and me and my family were there for, well, I was there for about a, a couple of weeks and they were there for about five weeks. So okay. that's, that's part of the story. Now you go there, you're not going there just for like a week or two. You're going for an extended stay for the most part. No, we're, we're, we are living there basically for wow. a while. Awesome. That's, that is a huge commitment. Is that something that you do pretty much regularly when you travel to Japan or are you just there for pretty much smaller stints typically? No, when we go, um, we, we don't go every single year, although I'd like to do that. But it's, you know, it's like three, three years from trip to trip. And um, we're there to visit family. So we, we definitely want to soak it in. So we're there for a while. Okay. So when you're looking to plan this trip out, how much time are you giving yourself to say, but between, the, between the idea of, okay, I decided to go back to Japan again this year. How much time are you giving to plan this fully? That that's a good question because depending on the year or the excuse me the the time of the year that you're purchasing your tickets, there could be a an awesome sale. So 
and you have to, to pick the right time to buy the tickets, but you also have to plan the time that you're leaving. So usually about this time of the year, actually, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they had some great deals, but the, the fall is a great time to purchase tickets to go in the summer. When we say summer, like the end of spring to summer, about that time. So Wait, eight, so eight to nine months or something like that. Okay. So you're saying like, if I wanted to purchase to go like, okay, let me give you an example. Let's say for example, my husband really wants to go and see the cherry blossoms. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing that's around April, May timeframe. Is that correct? Yeah. Like the, the beginning to the middle of May or April, excuse me. Right. Okay. So I would probably start purchasing those maybe like, even like now would have been. Yeah. That could be a good time to do it, but they, you'll find that there are some places that will have sales just so you can see the cherry blossoms. Cause that's a huge tourist attraction. Of course. Okay. Now when you're purchasing your tickets or when you're purchasing your flights to be able to do this, do you typically go on the same flight uh, or the same airliner or is it, you're just looking for the best deal? How do you typically plan this out for yourself? Definitely looking for the best deal. Um, we we like to go on on airlines that are um, that are controlled or they are serviced by one of the Japanese airlines. That okay. doesn't always happen. There are some um, like contracts that some of the other American airlines, like I won't say American Airlines, but Delta is an American airline, mm-hmm. right? Um, that have contracts with some of the companies where it could be, oh, it's all Nippon Airways or it's Japan Airlines serviced by Delta. So it's, it's the Japanese crew, but it's the American airplanes or something like that. But we look for I'm I'm, I'm curious why you do that. Is that because you like the immersion of being within there? Or, I mean, do they speak English on board on a regular basis? Are they bilingual? I mean, how how, what's your comfort level or what is your family's comfort level with traveling on a, a flight like Nippon? For anyone, for any of your students who are listening, who have been to Japan or have heard any stories about the great customer service that the Japanese offer, that is the number one reason Got that it. we look for something like that. Okay, cool. So you're looking for the, you're looking for the least expensive price or more specifically the best value for your money. Right. I think. right. Um, now, uh, just so my listeners know, how many people are you traveling with typically? Including myself, uh, five. It's five my family, my wife, and my three kids. Okay. And the kids range from, like, do you have infants or do you, is, is it more like adolescents at this point? We have traveled with them as infants before, but uh, this time around it was nine to 12. Okay. So that's, so they're not like unruly. Well, I, don't want, I don't want to say unruly. But <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when you have a child, you know, if, there's pressure issues and they can have problems. Right. No, they're, yeah, they're, they're old enough to be able to handle that flight for sure. Okay, cool. Now, and what is, what is the length of flight from where you leave, which I believe is Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix, correct? That was the plan to leave from Sky Harbor Airport. Okay. But I've, I've got, I've got a story behind that, but um, usually it's, we, we would travel out of Sky Harbor to LAX. You know, okay. From LAX hold, to- hold, that, hold that story for just a second. I'm, I'm going to get right. lights in just a second because I, I want to really hear about that. Um, okay. Now, in preparing for this, do you need, especially if you're going to be there for five weeks, do you need to have a visa, any type of travel medications? Is there something that our students should be aware of as far as that type of stuff? Gary? Yeah, definitely. So you, you do need a visa um, and the visa will, will give you three months over there. Um, just a travel visa, like the standard thing. Um, so we have that, um, you know, my, my wife not being an American citizen, she's a Japanese citizen. She had to have her passport, of course, and her green card as she travels in and out of the country. So that's what she had to prepare. But the rest of, rest of us all just had our passports. Okay. So that's easy enough. Um, and just for my, for my viewers who, and listeners who have never gotten a travel visa before, how is that process? Where do you go in order to get one of those? There are plenty of places you can go to do that. Um, the most common place is the, uh, is the U.S. Post Office, is what I hear. You set an appointment up with them, and uh, they tell you to come back, or they may do it just there. Normally, you have to have a, uh, a cashier's check. Okay. Um, from You can get that anywhere from a grocery store, service counter, stuff like that. 
Okay, cool. So it's not like really a crazy situation where you have to go to the consulate and all that kind of stuff. No, not at all. Okay, cool. All right. So let's talk about this vacation. Now, knowing what you know and Mm -hmm. pre-packing for this vacation, what was the weather like and what kind of stuff did you have to bring? Well, you know, here in in Arizona, where where I'm from, um, it's really hot during the summer. And, you know, believe it or not, I I hate the summer. I hate it with a passion. (laughs) And the, the summers over in Japan, and we're talking the summer like around maybe July to August to September to middle October are horrible, horribly humid. And so, you know, my wife might like something like that. She likes it warm. And when there's moisture in the air, it's even hotter because the moisture is also hot and you can't get away from it. So um, we wanted to make sure and prepare for the time that we were there, which was, as I said earlier, the end of May to the middle of June, which was perfect. It was right before the rainy season. The rainy season is when it's, you know, summer a little bit over there and it gets really muggy. So we were there right before then. It was, was it too cold? It was the, the end of spring, you know, getting into summer. So it was very mild. So we, you could take pants, you know, jeans, long, long pants. You could go in shorts, really never needed a jacket or anything like that, unless you're the type of person that gets too cold and maybe take a light jacket. Okay. Um, I know for me, we went, uh, like, I want to say it was in 2016, we ended up going to Bangkok and mm-hmm. we went during September and the humidity, first off, it was about 85 degrees there, which you wouldn't right. think bad, but it was also about 85% humidity. Yep. yep. That, that would be the same in Japan, the same yeah. area. So we ended up purchasing like a lot of goss clothes and linen clothes in order to be able mm-hmm. to get that process. Yeah. Do you typically bring stuff like that? Um, or you just, I don't like the way that it feels personally but it's it's recommended that you wear something like that when you when you go with that time because you you know you experience it you walk out it's like you're taking a hot shower and it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) it's just a different climate so it's it's a very unique but you go there every year so you must must enjoy something about it it doesn't like the weather doesn't apparently bother you that much well when we go yeah every few years but when we go it's the perfect time we Another thing I should have mentioned earlier to plan the right time is right after my kids get out of school. So we're, we're off. We're off. And that's right. You know, at the end of May, Yeah, that's the perfect time. Um, the other time that I would go would be like right now during mm. the fall. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a good time to go to now. All right, cool. Now, as we may mention earlier, you ended up leaving out of sky Harbor airport. Um, before we get into the flight and that whole situation, um, did you, because you were going on such a long flight, did you just have someone drop you off there or did you park there on a long-term basis? What was the situation like? Well, we were essentially, um, going to be living in Japan. Um, at least the, the majority of my family was, I had to come back early for work. Um, but we would get like a, a service just to take us, take ourselves over there. Um, the airport shuttle would have been fine. We actually had booked that, but cancel for reasons that we'll about a little bit here um but yeah it's it's important to for the number of luggage number of people and the amount of luggage you're taking is to maybe have someone drop you off or have a service you, you can get them as cheap about 50 bucks okay not too bad so for, so that's not i mean is that per person or is that for the is that for, for the entire group i mean we we've been wow. there before we had an entire SUV, just all our luggage and everybody nice okay cool so, all right, let's get into the adventure. So, which airline okay. did you decide to take? <laughs> okay, so because we had to kind of go separately, like myself, because I was coming back early, and then the rest of my family, and then with the deals and everything, we decided to try something different this time around and buy all our flights a la carte. Okay. Okay. So, uh, out of Sky Harbor, we went with the we went with the the bus in the air, which is Southwest Airlines. You know, it's the most value. We just have to go a very short distance. Okay. And then we decided to go through um, all Nippon Airways, but the the plane was provided by Delta, like I explained earlier. And just to confirm, then, that was Nippon leaving out of LAX? 
Correct. Correct. So yeah. So Phoenix to LAX, and then from LAX to uh, Narita Airport. That was um, all Nippon Airways that was servicing that flight. And then um, we did some things over there, but we had the domestic flight within the country too, and that was Japan Airlines. And then just the reverse to come back. Hmm. All right. But, but here's the story. <laughs> so a day before we were supposed to leave, I get an email from Southwest Airlines saying that our flight was canceled from Phoenix to Los Angeles. Uh-oh. And we're like, oh dear, what would we do? Let's call and have them book us another flight. Well, there wasn't anything that was available that was, you know, less expensive enough for what we were planning to do. And my wife was thinking, that's it. The trip is canceled. So I said, no, this isn't going to happen. So what I did, <laughs> we've been planning for eight months, right? No, <laughs> it's not going to happen like this. It's not going to happen. So what we ended up doing is we, we got a, a rental van. And we drove in the middle of the night to Los Angeles. And it was a, an 11 hour drive because oh. if you, if you think it's an eight hour drive to get to Los Angeles and we leave about 11 o'clock at night, oh. what time are we ending up in Los Angeles? Yeah. Do you think? Um, I would think probably <laughs> around six or seven o'clock in the morning where that, yeah. were that to be the case with no traffic. But there was traffic, and it was the rush hour in Los Angeles, famous, famous traffic in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, and my we'll, home area. <laughs> <laughs> so we, me and my wife, we switched off every 30 minutes so that we could get a little rest and go, you know. But by the time that we got onto the, the highway system there near LAX, my wife was stuck. There was nowhere to stop. I was sitting there. With my iPhone, it's like, okay, now go here, now go here. And she's not good on highways, but, you know, God bless her. She, <laughs> she made it. She made it all the way into the airport, and we, we got a connecting flight. Excellent. Well, good job on that. You know, yeah. Next time you guys, if you guys ever decide to do something like that, not that you're anticipating on doing something like that, but if <laughs> you do, let me know, flag me down. I'll just have you, I'll, I'll just have you park near my place and then, I'll just drop you off at the airport or something like okay. that. Okay. All right. All you listeners heard it now. <laughs> but I want to hear back from you on what the trips are like. So that's the, that's the trade-off there, okay? Deal. Deal. Um, okay. By the way, I should also mention pre-vacation. Get traveler's insurance. Yes. So important. Get it. Get it because we were able to use it this time because of what happened. So we essentially are our, our, our trip to Los Angeles became quote-unquote free for us so yes i wanted to say that but that's how we got there and then from that point on everything was like clockwork and we got to where we needed to go perfect on a side note just for my listeners really quick um if you are thinking about going to any type of a place in the world where there might be a situation like for example i'm going to be going to the caribbean upcoming in springtime i will definitely book travel insurance for that specifically because number one you can decide on the type of a policy that you want. It doesn't have to be the most expensive policy, but look at the look at the inclusions, look at what's restricted, things like that. At the same time, um, if you know you're going to a place that might be plentiful with hurricanes or there might be some challenges involved in that process, look at the restrictions on the travel insurance. And if there's no major restrictions, you should be able to have no problem with being able to make a claim and again, continue with uh, a really good time through that process. So again, sorry to sorry to sidetrack there for a moment, but I thought it was a good teachable moment, um, especially for people who think that sometimes travel insurance is just a waste of money. And it's not. <laughs> no, when these when these things happen, you just never know. You know, especially right. with the situation. Okay, so you are flying. How long is the flight from? All right, let's let's talk about the different flights. So from Los Angeles okay. to uh, the first airport you went to, which I assume is out of Tokyo. Yes, it's the it's this is this is kind of brand new, um, brand new. But the the usual destination for international flights would be Narita. But now the 
the domestic place that you have to transfer to or used to have to transfer to is called Haneda. But now Haneda is now accepting international flights. This is huge news. You don't have to make that transition any longer. So that's good. But uh, that flight from Los Angeles to um, Narita takes about 11 hours. It would be the same for Haneda. Okay. Um, and luckily, because, you know, the, the trip over to Los Angeles, me and my wife had been up for 24 hours and we're perfectly fine. I've never done that before. Wow. Um, we slept, like, really well on that flight. And wow, you were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so um, also, you know, for kids, if you're traveling with kids, just just make them take the Dramamine. <laughs> it's not worth the trouble. We do, it's not, not. We, do not, we do not necessarily endorse drugging your children. However, <laughs> based on your parenting and what your situation is, that may vary. So Yes. Disclaimer. Well, for our family, we were, were not taking any chances. And um, even for myself, you know, I have an issue with, with that. So yeah. uh, air sick medicine. Can't go wrong. Yeah. And it's the same, by the way, for cruises, too. If you feel as though you need support through that, there are a lot of articles online you can go to in order to be able to determine what might be the best fit for you. Um, in a lot of cases, I hear ginger actually is a really good remedy uh, for stomach issues that might occur during uh, motion sickness and stuff like that. Yes. Ginger ale is my drink of choice. Smart. Okay. So, um, and then from the airport that you had, the first airport to the second airport, what was the flight time? Was it that long, hopefully? So the when we got there, we didn't immediately go to the second airport because we were in Tokyo. That was our first destination. We we wanted to go to our, our first hotel and start playing around. That's what we were there for in Tokyo. Nice. And uh, you, uh, how did you decide on the accommodations that you chose? Did you go through like Airbnb? Did you just travel, uh, look, look through different travel sites? How did you go through this? We've done Airbnb before in Japan, and I thought it was amazing because to stay in an apartment all to ourselves at one point um but uh my wife wasn't too keen on it because the you know it's it's not a staff that's going in there and cleaning everything out and making sure everything is spotless it's it's someone's house you know they, they've been living there um so just make sure you check your your sources and things with doing airbnb but this time around we used expedia and, okay. and found some great hotels nice okay so this is the part where I actually turn this over to you. Um, I want to know a little bit about your itinerary. And based on from what our previous conversation was prior to this broadcast, you were basing it sound like everything was going to be based out of Tokyo, but you were kind of spoking like a, like a, like a spoke on, like spokes on a, a tire <laughs> on a wheel right. to different yeah. locations based from Tokyo out to different locations. So definitely what I'd like to know is from you, some of the different locations you went to, and maybe just one thing that you did at each of those locations over the next few you months. Bet. Yeah. I'm, this was, it was the first time, I mean, I've been to Tokyo plenty of times, but not to, not to visit the area. I was there to visit friends, but I, this is the first time for me and, and my wife and my kids to, to actually visit and play around in all the different areas. So we, we did the, uh, the whole touristy thing. Um, and I'm sure lots of, of your, your listeners, viewers have seen lots of the pictures of places goes and that that's where we visited. So the hub that, that we're talking about here is a place called Hamamatsu. H A M A M A T S U Hamamatsu. It's, it's really in the, the middle of, of all these different places. It's not in the middle of Tokyo because that's, that's where it kind of gets, it's far from a lot of the places we wanted to be in. So that is the place. And the, the hotel that we stayed in is, is called Hotel My Stays Premier Hamamatsu. And they, they were great. And, um, they were probably about a hundred meters away from, one of the most more recent the places that become popular it's called henna hotel it's the hotel is it's uh serviced by robots oh we, wow that's our, we actually had a friend that went left at the same time we did and they were staying in that place um that i found out later after we came home but anyways oh. so that's the place and from there, it's not too far away from the Tokyo Tower, which is the, the tower, if you've seen the skyline, 
of Tokyo, sometimes it looks like the Eiffel Tower. I think we've modeled after it. So the first night we got there, um, we went in and got some ramen. Um, and then we went to the Tokyo Tower and then came back and, and crashed. So that was the first place. Um, oh, actually, can I, can, I, can I ask you a quick question about this? Yeah, yeah. Normally when I travel and when my colleagues travel, they, they tend to have suggestions on if you have jet lag or if you're adjusting the time. How did you right. get, deal with that? Um, well, because we were really exhausted, um, we slept the, the entire time. Um, I mean, we could have slept if we got there, but we were really excited and everything. It's, it's coming back that is just a pain for jet lag. Going over there, um, I think if you, if you leave at the right time, uh, we were supposed to leave at, you know, like at night, whatever, with the flight, then you're okay. okay. But uh, coming back is, is worse because you, after you get used to the time over there, it's really hard to come back. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. That was fair. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I apologize. <laughs> Not at all. Um, move it on. Yep. Go ahead. Okay, so then we went to the, it's called Shiba Koen Park. It's a place that's near Tokyo. We went around there a little bit. But the next day, um, we went to a place called Sky Tree. So Japan touted that their Tokyo Tower, I was just talking about, was the tallest tower. It was for a while. Um, but now they had to beat whoever else had the tallest tower and they created this thing called the Tokyo Sky Tree. So we went out there. Um, there were two tiers. You could buy the top tier and go all to the top. Or you could just go to the middle tier. Well, the middle tier was tall enough for us. I can't remember how tall it was, but it's like airplane level high. It feels like when you're going in for a landing kind of thing. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, so that doesn't work for me, but... Really, it was, I hope you had fun, though. <laughs> oh, it was neat. I mean, they have the glass floor and everything that you can walk across. Um, mm -hmm. And below that, yeah. uh, there was also another glass floor. So don't worry. There were two glass floors that were, were saving it. Oh, good. Yeah, that makes me feel a lot better looking down at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty amazing. So we stayed there for a while. Um, same day, we went to the famous Asakusa. Asakusa. That is the place that you see lots of pictures where people are standing in front of a giant lantern, mm -hmm. giant red lantern. And there is a, a place inside there called the Nakamise, which is just a bunch of little shops. But that place is all is crowded with, uh, with tourists um, within Japan, without Japan. And that's, a lot of, that's a big place for a lot of tourists to go is, is there. So that was the next day spent all around that area. Um, and then after that, we visited, um, you've heard, have you heard of the company Harajuku? You know what that is? I've heard of Harajuku. I don't yes. know if it translates the same though, from what I think. <laughs> there is an actual place called Harajuku. It's a city. Okay. Um, over there, they have one of the, the three most famous, um, shrines, it's the, it's the Meiji Shrine, which was created around the Meiji era. Okay. Um, so it's been there over 100 years. So we went and visited there. Lots of people visit. and Great um, um, just tree canopies over that would block the sun if it was getting too warm. Um, and there was actually a wedding going on there during that time. So we got to see nice. the wedding being officiated and traditional drums and things like that going on. And, um, I don't know how many shrines we visited, but we visited a lot. And we <laughs> paid we paid whatever religion it was Shinto or Buddhism. We paid the money so we could do our little um, luck things. It's kind of a little fun thing to do. Yeah, um, gave, like when we were in when we were in Bangkok, they gave like we did a donation and they gave us like a a bracelet and we got to light some yeah and things like that. It was it something yeah. like that. Yeah, there's there's stuff like that you can buy. Uh, little they call them omaboris are like good good luck charms or whatever that you can buy for that. Um, after that, we went down the, the famous, um, uh, what's the name of that street? There's the street that's in Harajuku that you can go down and 
Um, there's lots of other shops. That's where it's really famous for Harajuku right there. Let's see. Find Takeshita. That's the name of it. Takeshita Shopping Takeshita? Street. Takeshita. 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 T-A-K-E-S-H-I-T-A. Takeshita. If you look at it, it looks like there's a swear word in it. It's not. Don't worry about <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> um, and we went to one of the famous udon places. And if, uh, if your viewers don't know what udon is. It's amazing is what it is. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. And you can, they, they ha, it's kind of like a, a Chipotle a little bit, this particular store. And you go in and you be like, I want that. And I want that. I want you to put that in there and they'll, they'll soup it up for you. You know, you know, pun intended, soup it up for yeah, you. Literally. <laughs> um, but I, I prefer the curry udon, which is the udon with the curry, just because I love curry. I would, I would inject myself with curry with an IV. <laughs> I how much I love it. Love it so much. And, and, for the, and for those of my students who are not familiar with udon, udon is just a very thick noodle that's a delicacy over in Japan and a couple other Asian countries, I believe, too. Uh, they, I mean, they, but it's primarily out of Japan. Right, right. Yeah, so a... I recommend you can probably find it in your in your closest um, Asian market udon, and I, I recommend not the instant stuff. Get get the wet noodles. It's <laughs> really good. Um, so that was what we did that day, um, and then we came back. Every time we finished, we just came back to our hotel in Hamamatsu. It was perfect. Um, and then the next day, we went to let's see. Now we went to. Go ahead. I was going to say, with a lot of these places that you went to, did you have like um, travel? Ex- like we go through a travel um, tourist company that we mm-hmm. basically book through our, most of our tours throughout the world. And I'm, I'm really surprised. I thought it was just something that we did, but um, there's like, we'll meet people from all over the world that go through the same travel companies as well. Do you do anything? Yeah, you'll, you'll run into people. No, we, we did everything on our own. Okay. Um, and if, if you're there for a long time and it's maybe one or two of you, another thing that I mentioned you might do is, is getting the JR pass. And that's like the pass that lets you go on all the, the trains and buses that are run by JR, which is Japan Railways. Okay. It includes um, some versions of the bullet train too. Okay? Oh, wow. Nice. We didn't do that because there were five of us and it just wasn't worth it because, you know, places we were going were real near. Oh, oh, I thought it was more of a money issue at that point. So, I mean, when you do it, it is for five people. Yeah, it is. Uh. (laughs) And, but but you're just, you know, just jumping here and there. But if you want to travel the country and you don't want to have to pay the plane to go to these long places, I would just take that, that bullet train. Okay. Um, Same day, actually, um, we went into the, the middle of um, Japan. One of the big things is like the Times Square. Of Japan, and I know that lots of people have seen that what they call the crawl when the light turns green. They're just people from all different corners. They crawl, <laughs> you know, they walk across the thing. It's it it's known as the Times Square because it's got all the lights and the ads everywhere and, and things like that. Um, that's called Shibuya. Okay, okay. Shibuya. That's also where the the famous Hachiko the Statue of the Dog, if anyone has seen Hachi the, with Richard Gere. Anyone seen that? There's no one answering me right now. Scott, have you seen that? <laughs> I have not. Not. All right. I'm sure famous, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's a famous story about a dog whose owner died, and so it waited at the Shibuya train station for its owner until the dog died. Sorry to put a downer on this. Uh, Spoiler alert. Thank you for letting us know. Well, it's famous, but <laughs> you don't know how it is. You're still going to go watch. Anyway, there's a statue there dedicated to, to Hachiko because of that. Um, we went to one of the most famous malls or like a store there. It's called Mega Donkey. I'm sorry, you said Mega, Mega Donkey? Mega, Mega, like big Mega. Yeah. And then Donkey. And Donkey is from a chain of stores called Don Quixote. Oh, okay. Where it's just, you can get anything at these places. It's it, it's like a department store, but 
more stuff than you could ever want. It's it's a lot of little cheap little trinkets and things like that. One of my coworkers wanted a shot glass from Japan. I knew I could find it there, and I did find it there. I, I recommend visiting that place, Mega Donkey. Mega Donkey. All right, that was the end of that day. Um, then after that, we we went to a little bit more rural area. Okay. This place is called Kamakura. 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 Yes. Wow, good job. Kamakura. So this this is a you know if you want to visit Japan and you're in it for the the city and you want that and the and the nightlife and things to play that's fine that's awesome that's what we did the first time but if you want to get to like, know like the culture and everything you got to know the background you need to go over to like the the countryside and I love the countryside Japan. Um, so Kamakura has a lot of that. This is where we went and visited the Nidaibutsu, the large Buddha, the big Buddha statue over there. And this is a place where you can actually go in and you can actually go inside the Buddha statue too. Wow. How, how big is that Buddha? It's, it's a big Buddha. Um, <laughs> I can't remember how long. I think it was about 20 meters. Oh, wow. That's much larger than I thought it would be. Wait, that sounds too large. I'm I'm using the metric system. I think it was shorter than that, but it was it was big enough that you could get maybe about maybe about twenty people in oh, at the maybe, bottom of it. Maybe it was. I mean, you're not you're not filling it up like the entire thing. I'm saying you're just at the bottom, but you could go in there. It's I think it's made of bronze, so it was really hot inside because it oh. heats up during the day. Yeah, but. Um, you know, it, when you go to uh, to a Shinto shrine, there's plenty of those everywhere. And then you come over here to this this Buddhist place, you can definitely notice a difference in the architecture and the dress, the priests, and things like that. So those are some of the things that I noticed over there. And I bought another one of my coworkers his his souvenir. He wanted a Buddha, and they got him a little tiny Buddha. Able to get that there. So just just like the other shrines, you can buy little souvenirs and things like that nice yeah so that that took a little bit of time and we also visited um one of the the famous gardens in the area and i I can't remember the name off the top of my head but it was a great place to go not too far from the from the big buddha as well and there was another place this is one of the places that we didn't plan on going um it was nearby. It's a place where you're supposed to be able to go wash your money. And then if you use that money wisely, it's going to bring you good luck. So we, we went over there and we did the whole thing. We washed our, our American money, we washed our Japanese money and ended up giving it to family members and things like that. And they were pretty gracious. It's the special water. We have <laughs> And just to confirm again, we're just you're just staying in the one place in Tokyo, and you're just going every day. You're going to different excursions based out right. from there. Cool. Correct. We're just hopping around. Hamamatsu can't go wrong with there. I'll say it. <laughs> Hamamatsu. Um, and then we wanted to do a little bit of shopping. Um, so we, of course, wherever we went, we found a place to shop. Um, by the way, I'm not talking about all the places we're going to eat, but. Yeah, uh, I'll just say generally you can find a convenience store anywhere in the area and they have some good lunch items and things like that. So you, you really can't go wrong if you just want to get a quick bite to eat. I will say this, and this is again, going to the culture shock piece for my mm -hmm. students who have not necessarily experienced Japanese food for the first time, keep an open mind uh, because you know, what you might not think would be a, a good combination could really surprise you. I was one of, like first time I tried red beans, you know, um, like a red bean ice cream or something like that. It was mm -hmm. a very unique experience that I was not, I wasn't the, the thought of having beans in my ice cream was just, <laughs> it, it, it's not quite an Americanized sensation, but nonetheless, you, your palate tends to broaden and you get to have new tastes that you've never had before. Like the variety of noodles you've already talked um, just during this, Sean, about, you know, some of the things that you had with when you started, when, whether it was going to get ramen or udon. I mean, two totally different types of noodles, one much thinner, one much thicker. 
there's a, a variety of different tastes for every palette that's out there. It's just a matter of experimenting and seeing what works for you. Yeah, that's a good point too. And, and a lot of people who haven't experienced that, you know, when you think of Japan, when you think of a lot of people say sushi, sushi is not eaten every day by, by that. That's a big misnomer. Um, but it, it's like a delicacy, you know, oh, it's like, you don't eat pizza every day here in America. Some people might college kids. I'm talking to you, but you also, <laughs> but maybe you, you also eat ramen every day, right? College kids. No, um, but sushi is. I think we went to sushi one time while we were there with, with family. That you went there. Yeah, we we went there. That was great. That was a great experience. Oh, too. just a, another another curious point on the same topic of food. Um, I mean, obviously, sushi comes to mind. Ramen comes to mind. Um, you know, hibachi comes to mind, things like that. But what doesn't, and what some people might be curious about is maybe I'm a breakfast person. What does someone have for breakfast in Japan? Great question. So every night um, before our day was done and we ended back up in our, our hotel, we would stop at a convenience store, just like I talked about, and we would pick up stuff for the next day. Um, so we would always pick up there's, I mean, the, the pastries you can get are great. There's drinkable, drinkable yogurts, drinkable smoothies and stuff. You could just purchase off the shelves. We had our milk, we had our, our juices and things like that. Um, bananas are also sold there. So you, you can get by really easily. You don't have to really plan for what you eat. The convenience stores, I mean, they take it. For base value over at Japan, it is a true convenience store, and it leaves a lot of our places here to shame. Tell you that. How how convenient? Now I, I've I've seen eggs on the menu quite a lot uh, in Japanese cuisine, but how readily available is uh, meats and beefs like that when you go there? Um, are we talking about things that need to be cooked, or yeah? Oh, so you you wouldn't find those at the. Um, at the store, everything is is cooked and ready to go at a convenience store. <clears throat> but um, there are some things that they will heat up for you. You heat up yourself by the microwave. Um, you can you can get the udon, you can get the hot water, and they'll pour it in there for you, what have you. Um, if we're talking about grocery stores, um, here's a here's a point here. It's a good time if you want to get something to eat from a grocery store, like in the delis that they have there, is to go around like six o'clock because that's when they start closing everything down and they start putting the fifty percent off stickers on. <laughs> You'll you will be in in competition with with the natives, though. I will I will warn you with that. Okay, so you you got to know what you like, and you have to ask someone what's good to eat and just beeline towards exactly where you need to go. With your basket and get them. I know when we were in Thailand, we had we had a couple of different types of things that we don't normally, especially fruits that we don't have here in the United States too often. I mean, obviously, dragon fruit is more readily available here, but rambutan, um, jackfruit is not normally something that you find in the grocery store typically here because mm -hmm. it's so massive. And of course, right. durian. Um, <laughs> I've heard about that. I've smelled yeah. about that too. Yes, exactly. It's one of the worst smelling <laughs> things in the world, but it tastes really good when you try it. Um, were there any things that just kind of took you by surprise? Um, you know, different types of foods that even you weren't readily prepared for? Well, um, if anyone tries to get you to eat what's called natto, just it, I challenge myself every time I go there to eat natto and I just can't do it. Um, well, it's, if there's ever a zombie version of a food, natto would be that. Um, yes. And for the people who grew up eating natto, I, I might be hurting their feelings right now. I'm just telling my opinion. Um, natto is fermented soybean is what it is. And it, it gets to the point where the consistency is really kind of gelatinous and there are just, it's really slimy and things like that. And, and the taste, I cannot describe it. It is indescribable what natto tastes like to me, to my taste buds. But um, that one I am, I am pretty adverse to. 
and that's about it. I can pretty much eat any other weird stuff over there. Just not. <laughs> well, it's just different. I mean, like you were saying, not because it's just not something that you're quite used to, but I imagine yeah. if you had a little bit of it at every meal, it would probably be something that you'd be like, eh, I can get used to it. If, if I was forced to have it at every single meal, yes. But I, I eat it one time and then I'm good for three years until I go back. <laughs> oh, did your relatives like try to throw you into that at all or no? No, I mean, whenever we go, it's it's always a topic of conversation because, you know, <laughs> oh, the foreigner would skip them to eat natto. And I say, no, thank you. <sighs> but I, I, I want to love it. I really do. I want to be able to have the pride to say, like, oh, I can eat natto. I can't get there. <laughs> Just not attainable for me. You know, if I can eat durian, I'm sure you can try and eat natto. Oh, well, you said it tastes good when you yeah. try it. But it natto smells bad. Oh. Tastes bad. Oh, okay. I'm telling you, it's like durian is probably one of the worst things I've ever smelled in my life. Mm -hmm. But if you can just get it into your mouth (laughs) without, without throwing, there are people who throw up when they try and eat this stuff. It's, it's, it is a tough thing to go through. Um, But yeah, it's like, it's, it's more like a rite of passage, I think is the best way I would describe it. That's what it is with not do I feel for myself (laughs) and Maybe that's why I just haven't been accepted into the culture fully, I think. Maybe that's oh, I'm so sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry. Continue. Go right ahead. Let's talk about a couple other Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the food segment. I'm sure I will come back to that because that's where I gain weight in, to- in Japan. Oh, um, okay. So we talked a little bit about what I did. And then our next excursion was Tokyo Disneyland. Oh, now that's one of the Disney parks we have not yet been to, but we've been to three, so we're on our way. Oh, okay. So we we really did not have to change hotels, but we decided to because there were some things on that little island where Tokyo Disneyland is on um, that we wanted to go see. So we we went over to Comfort Suites in Tokyo Bay, um, which has a shuttle directly to and from Tokyo Disneyland. So we stayed over there. And there are some places to go play at, like large malls and things like that. So we we got over there, and the day before we were to go to Tokyo Disneyland, as we hung around in the in the malls over there, and and of course the food court. See, I told you I was going to come back to food. It's going to be, <laughs> be this early, but um, you know, we we went out there, and 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 the the food court they had a Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. in Japan. Really? Now I had I hadn't had a hamburger, an American hamburger, I'll say, up to that point in that trip, and we were there, you know, four or five days in already. And you know, you know, hamburgers, Scott, are sacrosanct to me, is is what they are. So um, I wanted to make sure that they were doing it right in right. in Tokyo. And the the Japanese part of their culture, in in my mind's eye, is they take something and they strive to make it a lot better. Um, that's one of the biggest things about the culture you, you notice ever, ever since after, after the war, World War II, where we went and helped them kind of, you know, build back up. They, they would send their representatives over to America and get ideas and, you know, rebuild from there. Hey, that's how we got Sony. Okay. So they, that's a pattern that we see all the time in their cultures. They take something and make it better. Hands down the, the Whopper, at the Burger King in Japan is the best Whopper I have ever had. Okay. Wow. Okay. We're talking about Japanese food. I will call that Japanese food because they make it, they make it right. So, but were you also at Carl's Jr. too? Yes. We were also at Carl's Jr. So I, I went to both. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the same day. Mind you. <laughs> um, but okay. So that part was there. We went to the mall. We, we shopped around and, and got some, you know, little trinkets and things like that. Next day was Tokyo Disneyland. Okay. Uh, and it, it was just, you know, you went into Disneyland, you didn't feel like you were in Japan at all, hmm. at all. I mean, there were, the announcements were in Japanese. Um, you know, Mickey Mouse was talking in Japanese in his voice. It was, it was a little creepy. <laughs> like uh, the high pitched Japanese voice. It would exactly. Be? Okay. And if you did if you don't think you can understand Donald Duck in the USA, wait till he starts speaking Japanese, right? <laughs> and it really doesn't matter at that point. Um, but it was it was kind of surreal because 
here are all the rides and things that that I'm familiar with, but the Matterhorn's not there. So that's out of the skyline, and everything else is is located differently. Um, we later found out that that Disney does not own Tokyo Disneyland; it is franchised out, like you would franchise out a restaurant or something like that. Exactly. But still, they they were true to the Disney name, and you felt like you were in Disneyland, and you felt the magic, and we went all the rides that we did before, and it was. It was awesome. I don't, so I'm glad I don't we were able to go there. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who's visiting the Disney's abroad because most people in the United States have either gone to Disneyland or Disney World. I myself have also been to Disney Paris or mm-hmm. Euro Disney. And so I can tell you that some of the rides, some of the attractions were very, very different um, than some of the theme park stuff that we have here. There were some that were very, very similar, um, like Star Tours, but to hear Darth Vader speak in French was very <laughs> um, but one of the things I also noticed, and this is this was the same with France, and it was the same thing with Thailand when I went over there. There was a little bit of a focus on the American Old West, especially um, like when we were in Thailand, they had a stunt show where it was like an Old West stunt show. Go figure. And there was when we went to the Euro Disney location the haunted mansion and Frontierland was all done up in American old West style. So weird. Did you notice anything like that over in Japan? No. Um, it, it felt like, it felt like the older Disneyland out here in the U S to be honest, like everything was as traditional as it could be. Um, star tours was there. That, that was the same. That was up to speed of, of, you know, with all the new, scenery and stuff like that and star wars um but no there wasn't that much different uh when you went to the frontier land and we went on the thunder mountain mm. railway that was exactly the same what was interesting is is you know as you're waiting in line there's the sounds like the prospectors talking to you it's like hey folks make sure you keep up your hands you know yep but it was in japanese but it was with the same thing you know it was, it was really weird, like meet us on you know stuff like that it was really it it was really interesting to to experience that they really tried to get the the feel of like you said the western style things um for the u.s um they had the little shooting range right next to that one thing that we we did do this time when we didn't do disneyland in usa the last year before was visit the the bears the country bears jamboree that's that's classic disneyland right in there. japan though in japan yes and they were they did all the songs and a lot of the songs that they sing are, are classic songs from you know like country song classic country songs in the united states but it was in japanese it was, <laughs> it was really neat to see that um oh and we did the tiki room oh Haven't nice that in a while yeah Cool. Tiki room with special guest Stitch, all in Japanese, <laughs> all in Japanese. So th- we we did that, and that was probably the that was the crowning um, achievement for our trip in Tokyo because the next day we, we headed out to our next destination. Nice. Um, and the place that we went to was we went to um, my sister in law's house on the north west side of the main island so we were on the we were on the japan sea sea of japan side not the pacific ocean side like tokyo um and we stayed there and we just kind of did like normal stuff we didn't go see anything big we kind of just lived with family for a while and and went to which you, it's not a bad thing to have those downtime days i mean i know that when we travel um because we do a lot of cruising I tend to enjoy those sea days. You know, it just gives us that opportunity to kind of decompress a little bit, especially right. running back and forth. Every, and every single day is planned. It can be a little bit jarring. Yes. Having the, the downtime, maybe like to do laundry and stuff like that, or just kind of, right. Off. You know, hence us going to 
um, a place where we had a washing machine. Now the, the hotels that we stayed at prior all had their washing machines and things like that. And um, even one of them had a convenience store at the very bottom that was very convenient. So ah, yes, got it. Back at this other place, you're you're exactly right. You need some downtime, whether it's just hanging around the hotel area, just going walking down the street. Um by the way, I know that your your organization does does not endorse Sprint, but one of the surprises that we had, because we have Sprint, um, mm-hmm. when we when we got into Japan, we we made sure that we picked up um, a mobile internet, okay. a mobile hotspot. That I want to I want to stop you for one quick second. I don't necessarily yeah, yeah. not endorse Sprint. I just we we don't we don't tout any one company over another. So this right. is your recommendation. So it's, that's probably it's cool. not recommendation necessarily, but it's it was a, it was a surprise to us. And I'll say what we, so we had planned on. on you know, pre-ordering um, or reserving a um, a mobile hotspot. That's certainly necessary if you're traveling with kids that have little game systems and stuff like that, so they can use that. Yeah, um, I recommend getting one of those, whatever it be. But when we got in there, like we, our carrier is Sprint, so we landed in Japan. Our phones lit up and said, "Welcome to Japan." You know, we. You know, we're offering this service. We are partnered with SoftBank, which is one of the carriers in Japan, and you can have unlimited internet. And, and they, we had the same thing in Bangkok, by the way. Really? Just so you know, and it was, through, and we were through Sprint at the time, also. So I totally, again, well, maybe we are endorsing it. We're not endorsing <laughs> it, but it's a really cool surprise to know. Hey, I'm landing in the country, and all of a sudden, boom! All my internet <laughs> working. So that's really kind right. Of cool. But one one thing for sure is that it was it was like a quarter per minute um, if you wanted to talk on the phone. So we just used that mobile hotspot. It was with us all the time and did the calls. So that was needed. That helped us get around. And I mean, the the phone is indispensable when you're trying to find out where the closest train station is, the closest um, uh, you know your destinations, your places that you want to go, museums and things like that how long a walk it is, what times the buses leave to get there, um, where the nearest convenience store is, if you're hungry, <laughs> back to food. So, yeah, I, I mean, everybody has their, their phone, but just make sure you've got a way to connect to, to get around. We're going to have to wrap up a little bit. So maybe if there was just a couple other spots that you wanted to hit on before we go into yeah. the last slides here. Yeah, definitely. So before – before I had to leave um, to come back to work, our, our last destination before we went actually back to my sister's house, we actually went down to Hiroshima, and that that's where I went to um, I went to college there for a year. Um, but I I just want to say, if there's any place you visit in Japan other than all the touristy places, you, you, we got to visit Hiroshima. Not because it's it's a beautiful place to live, because it is. But mostly, just go visit that Peace Park that that they have out there. It's it is a life changing experience. They've, they've revamped it and, and updated it and things like that. Um, and for those who have been living under a rock or don't know, you know, it's one of the places that the United States bombed um, the atomic bomb over there. And there's a there's a place that's just dedicated to the memories of that, and they just did a phenomenal job. And I mean, I've been there. I've been there so many times. Every time I go there, it's an emotional experience. And I think every single citizen of Earth should visit there at least once. Yeah. That's where I will end it. <laughs> well, and yeah, it's that what a punctuation mark to end on, seriously. Um, so let's talk about the disembarkation return process. How how was that coming back? Like what was what was passport control like? Um, did you have to go through customs? What was the time? limit that you had to do with that definitely definitely um you know the the we gave or i gave myself because now i'm traveling by myself you know with with my kids and everything but i had to come back by myself um between connection flights i'd give yourself at least two hours at least two hours to get everything situated to do that um but the the passport situation they they have things updated now so you can kind of pre 
um, screen yourself before you go up to the counter um, to declare anything. This is leaving um, on your flight. But uh, when you come back, now they have all these little kiosks and things like that where you're not making any declarations. You're saying you're getting your picture taken and scanning your, your passport. That process is so much quicker than it was before. Yeah, I think nowadays they have it to where you don't have to fill out those little, those little slips anymore that you always had to do. And you have to try and find like a pencil or a pen on the airline. And now it's just you just look into the iPad and it either gives you the green light or the red light. And then someone will come over to you if there's an issue and stuff like that. So it's a much, right. much faster process. Um, I know before we had um, talked about global entry and you said you had not heard of that previously. Yeah, correct? right. And, for me, it's just essential. And again, I'm not necessarily endorsing it one way or the other. I just find that it saves me a lot of time when I do the traveling. There's these designated mm-hmm. lines when you're coming back into the States specifically for global entry. And mm-hmm. just so my listeners have a little bit of an idea about the difference in timelines. When I used to travel into LAX, it used to take me about 45 minutes or so in order to get through customs. Now it takes about 15 uh, with global entry. Yeah, global entry, that's amazing. Uh, $150 per person for five years total. Um, mm-hmm. So again, yeah, I kind of have to weigh the balance of that. It's, if it's just me, like, for example, like I know Sean, you were talking, you have a family of five. So $150 per person may not may, may be cost prohibitive to do something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. We would, de- we would definitely, if we went every single year, yeah, that would be something we might think about doing. Yeah. Um, but not if we just go every like three years or so. Yeah. Exactly. So, and again, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, really quick, uh, let's just talk about a couple of takeaways. Um, what What do you want the listeners to know about Japan? What are the pros of Japan? I mentioned it earlier, but probably the biggest pro is that you know, generally people are so nice over there. They're they're so accommodating, and they understand that you know we are guests here and the the hospitality that they show at the store and things like that just the customer level service level is is so high so be prepared to do that but be prepared to to be courteous in return too so it's we're not taking advantage of that that's that's the biggest pro that i have though is just the customer service level excellent what about like i don't want to say there's a con because i don't know if that's necessarily the bright context but something that you would want the a first-time traveler to Japan to be aware of? First time travel, definitely. Um, we the, nec- the next time we go, we, we probably would not do an a la carte type of flight thing. Um, go through a travel agency and, and just book your flights through one flight so you don't have to worry about getting your luggage off of one flight and putting it onto another. That's, that's what happened this last time. And it's, it's certainly a lot of things to worry about, but we... We made it happen, but we probably will never do that again. Especially when you're trying to navigate. I mean, like if it's just one or two people, I can imagine that might be a little bit simpler, but you've got a family of five and heaven forbid someone got delayed on a flight or whatever. I mean, I I understand why you guys are all probably together, but what if one person got pulled for some reason by TSA (laughs) or something like that? just the horror of it all i can imagine that would just be a little bit yeah that that would be a nightmare or someone's ticket was canceled for you know an inexplicable reason or something crazy happened like that it just uh yeah consolidate everything when when going on over it's just to keep yourself together that's that's a definitely good idea and i know in some Um, cases that you have packages which make it a little bit more convenient to save a little bit more money by doing it that way too when you say pack oh the travel packages yeah like like flights, uh, rooms and like, um, rental cars in some cases and stuff like that. It just, I, I guess it depends on what you've got to include into your travels. You know? Yeah. Uh, another thing that just came to mind as we were talking about that, that we, we took advantage. So, you know, we were, we were essentially living in the country, right. But we didn't need everything for our little time in, in Tokyo. So what we did is when we got there, we, we moved some stuff around in our luggage and they have a delivery service mm. from the airport that they will send your, your suitcases and everything to where you're going to need it so that we could travel as light as possible, lightly as possible. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that was a pro. Just the convenience. <laughs> I wish I had that in some of the destinations I've been to. So I totally understand that. 
especially when I had to like in, in both Rome and in London, I had to traipse luggage up three flights of stairs and, you know, just lugging that stuff all over London or lugging it all over Rome and walking down streets and stuff like that. I can understand the advantage of doing something like that. Though. That's yeah. really good. And then um, any other best practices that you would recommend? Best practices. Um, I mentioned earlier, get that, get that mobile hotspot. It's and and you get an unlimited package for sure. That that's certainly, that keeps you connected and, um, it's important that you do stay connected because if there's an emergency or something like that, um, also have like a, a number directly to the consulate. So in case there's an emergency of some sort, heaven forbid, you're able to get in contact with them. Have a, you know, photocopy of your passport, your visa, whatever, in case that disappears for some reason. You have it on your phone as well. Um, that is also a best practice and mentioned it earlier, um, travel insurance. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it really helped out this time for us. We get it every time we go this time we actually had to use it. So we were grateful for having that. Well, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your information, sharing your insights. If people want to know more about Japan, what is the best way they can get in touch with you? Well, um, the, the email address that you should be seeing on the screen right there, that is the best place for, for those who are interested and have some questions about the country can contact me that way. That is also an email address where um, I'm, I'm starting a hobby, Scott. I have a hobby that I'm working on. It's Japan-related. I am an amateur 3D designer. And when I say amateur... I don't even have a website. That's how amateur I am right now. Okay. What, what I've been doing and there, there's a patent pending for this too, is I'm creating these little Japanese kanji characters with arms and legs that animate the, the meaning of the kanji, the character that's on there. So they are truly oh. Japanese characters. So if you're interested in learning more about that, um, contact me there. You can also ask me questions about my trip or going to Japan. Wonderful. Thank you. And just again, for people who are listening to this through the podcast, it's uru.shawn, spelled S-H-A-W-N dot Anderson, spelled A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions above and beyond that for me, you can certainly reach out to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. Again, I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast and our vlog, however you're observing it, and make every one of your travels a wonderful and enjoyable travel. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Again, Sean, thank you so much as well. Thank you. It was really fun uh, reminiscing about everything. Happy Happy trails, everybody. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.